Hi, this is Michael Dorn, Lieutenant Commander Worf from Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Earl Grey, Trek FM's dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Pru, sitting in the center chair this week, and joined, joining me on my left and my right are my two co-hosts, Philip and Darren. Guys, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. Um, you know, I've just been uh, going through my Star Trek Next Generation companion and looking at all my favorite characters, and, you know, I think there's some characters we really haven't discussed here on Earl Grey yet. Yeah, no... I'm doing pretty well. I mean, I'm, I like this little screen I have off to my side so I can queue up some things. And I mean, in the past, we've actually used that to help identify like who's piloting the ship because, you know, you know, it's, it's, I'm sure command always forgets who's sitting in front of them. Yes. And uh, that leads us up to our very special guest here. Uh, we have with us herself, Lieutenant J. Tracy Coco. Tracy, welcome to Earl Grey. Hey, thanks, guys. How are you doing? We're doing, I think we're doing great. Well, we're doing great now that you've decided to join us. Uh, oh, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, let's talk, Tracy, about the character that you played here on uh, The Next Generation. Now, our fans, our listeners, probably already know all about you, can list every single episode that you were in. Um, but if they can't do that, they certainly would recognize you, right? You're very, uh, you're, you're a very recognizable part of the TNG crew. So can you, t- can you start off by telling us how exactly you got involved in Star Trek? Yeah. Um, let's see. I was on, okay. For, I was started on Baywatch when it first started, um, as the lifeguard and I was on for the first season or two. I don't even know how long it didn't last that long. As I recall on the TV, they got canceled. So then after they got canceled, I had an audition for um, Star Trek. So I, well, first, before that, sorry, guys, I get confused. Um, Before that, after Baywatch, then I got a movie, Another 48 Hours, with Eddie Murphy on the Paramount lot. That's when someone came over from Star Trek and said, I need to go talk to so-and-so upstairs. They'd really like your look. So I'm like, oh, okay. So... The next couple days, I had an uh, audition there, so I went back, and I made it, and um, I was I didn't know at the time when I got it how bitching it would be, because for one, I didn't know that the color, the color that I got chosen to wear, the golden um, black, was the best color to be on the show. Um, and that's basically, and then that was kind of history, and I was on for seven years, and then... Um, we did the first, I think it was four movies, and I was in the first three. But then I was also on Deep Space Nine and Voyager, and I played 12, at least I can count right now, 12 different aliens on both of those shows. So I've been like the whole circle over there, and it was really the best thing in my whole life ever. And, <laughs> and then now, they, now they, I'm doing you know all the conventions and stuff. Hope Not all of them. I wish I was, but I'm starting out doing more and more and more. And it's really the best thing in my life right now because I, I can't tell you the fans have been great with me and I love people. So 
I love doing these and, you know, I, I approach people and, you know, I'm just real. So it's kind of fun and meeting all these, just everybody from all realms of life. I'm not kidding. It's just fabulous. And now I'm on your guys' show and if I'm rambling, sorry, but I'm a little nervous, but um, I'm having a great time doing it and hopefully better things will come, you know, in the future. So we'll see. Now, I, I was just thinking, um, Tracy, like when it comes to the character of Lieutenant J. There's there's yeah. this there's this phrase I don't know if you've you've heard before called head canon where like fans will just make up like okay they didn't really tell us what happened so we'll just make it up in our head like do, do you have your own head canon for Lieutenant J like her career on the Enterprise D like what she did and all these things you know what no I do not and um, I got I how I got that name was um, Riker Jonathan Franks gave it to me by accident in it in in an stuck and I didn't realize that once you get a name on the show that wow that's kind of like very very insanely cool so it just went on from there and then I I, it's just amazing (laughs) I mean I I even have my license plate that says Lieutenant J I have a tattoo on my arm because it it meant something to me and how I got the tattoo on my arm um, it was I remembered my first movie was Generations I did, and I get blown out of the chair by the Klingon sisters, and I'm flying the ship. And I thought that communicator meant something really, really special because it was my first stunt contract and everything. So that's the shape of the communicator that's on my left forearm. So, yeah, it's been kind of a neat ride. You know, I I, I really like it. And thanks to him that um, he let it slip that one day. So, you know, you mentioned all of your, your your breadth of work here on Star Trek. And uh, because we're a TNG show, we're just going to ignore. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you, you did great stuff on Voyager and Deep Space Nine, but we're not talking about that right now. Uh, but I am curious, um, you know, you were in between the movies and, and, the, and the episodes of The Next Generation. You were in 65 separate adventures. And I'm wondering if any one of them stands out as like your favorite experience or your favorite moment uh, of Star Trek. Oh, wow. Well, I'd have to say Little Rascals was kind of cool because um, I kind of played three different things in there on that one. Um, I was me on the bridge, and then um, I was a Ferengi, and then I was um, Patrick Stewart's um, hand as a a little boy when he's he's, um, punching things into the um, computer. So I kind of, that one was kind of really special to me. Um, Well, and Oh gosh, uh, I think it was Shisms, the episode. That was pretty cool too. Um, the poetry readings um, with me and Patrick, you know, they were all cool. Um, but yeah, I'd have to say Little Rascals was probably the top pretty much one, yeah. Tracy, I, I have to stop you because you brought up that scene. Um, there is a co-host on another show on this network um, that's the, the Voyager one, and his name is Tristan. And I asked him because he he talks about you often, um, and and he wants to know whether Lieutenant J and Captain Picard had like a little date going on in that scene. <laughs> it's funny that he asked that because um, Patrick came up to me the one time um, when we were you know on the set, and um, he he kind of mentioned that he's been getting like fan mail asking about him and I. And then if I was like his girl Friday or something, so we kind of thought it was pretty cute. But on when I thought about it, I was like, wow, there's something going to 
maybe they're thinking about, you know, making my character a little bit bigger now or something. So it was kind of like that. But then, you know, the way it ended up is the way it ended up. And uh, you know what? I, I wouldn't trade it. I mean, it was really cool. So that's funny. He asked that question. <laughs> so Captain Picard did not ask her for a second date. Is that what you're saying? Um, I don't know. I was, I was in the tent forward a lot with him and the gang. So, um, I don't know. They always had me in that turquoise outfit though. It was pretty funny. So I always knew I'd be in the, you know, 10 forward or out with them all again somewhere. So that was pretty cool. Well, Tracy, you, like you mentioned, there are everyone who really wants to be in the gold shirt. I mean, many of our main characters actually shifted to the gold shirt because you know who it's it's the best but what was uh, we i mean we have not actually ever been on a live set and we know you know there's a bit of movie magic that goes on with you know the the cameras and all the pieces but was there any particular uh like either a a cast directed episode or just what was i guess what i'm really asking is we see a lot of camaraderie of the main cast. Did that kind of extend to everyone who was on set, just that feeling of adventure and, and having fun together? Oh, yeah, totally, like home. I mean, yeah, when the show, when the show ended, it was so sad. I mean, I was, I think I, I, was, I was a little depressed, I mean, for sure, because it was like seven, however many years I was on, seven or something years, you know, of my life, seeing them every week, every week. And I was always knew I'd see them three times, uh, you know, a week. I just didn't know what days the, the, sh- the call sheet would fall on. So, yeah, it was cool. I mean, and then when I run into them now, you know, some of them at the conventions, oh, my God, it's like home school, home, home, all home days, all over again. I mean, they literally dropped everything they were doing and and ran over to me and picked me up. I mean, it's like the best feeling ever. And, you know, I, I still think, you know, I'm just a person, a regular person that, for some cool thing, this has happened to me and I'm experiencing things and the, the love and everything from them, from, from the fans. Um, I, it just really, um, hits me in my, it, it really hits me in my heart. And I just want to say, I love, love you guys. And thanks so much for letting me live my dream out there because <laughs> it's fabulous. Now I, I, you know, and we're talking a lot of, about Lieutenant J of course, but a, a lot of what you did on, TNG and the other ones was was stunt work and I guess one thing I'm curious about because I know nothing about it of course so I'm totally ignorant but like you know as we watch the different Star Trek series you know we can see like uh, the production kind of evolves and technology evolves and special effect evolves from you know the 90s to the 2000s but as someone who has done the stunt work for for you know a while has that like evolved from when you started whether in Star Trek or in other movies to doing other Star Trek you know is there different things that are different than they did 10 years ago? Or is it just basically like, you know, when you take a fall, you have to take a fall? Um, well, now it's, you know, a lot of the CGI, you know, the, the, the work that they do on the movies, it's green screen's cool. Um, but like Tom Cruise, you know, does all of his, I mean, he does crazy stuff. Um, I, myself, would do stunts to, you know, if somebody hired me now, but I do have, you know, obviously limitations. I'm not going to do something that's just nuts. I mean, but, um, like from, from 
this when I started stunt work way back then to now, oh yeah, it's changed a lot. I mean, they have so many more things they can do and make it look like this, and you don't really have to, you know, go jump that much because they can always make it look like it was like that. So, I mean, I totally give my hats off to all the stunt people because they're crazy, but yeah, from from the time, I mean, you know, you look at the first um, Star Trek with Shatner from their like effects and stuff to now. Wow. I mean, there's a lot, there's a way big difference, but it's, you know, it's still cool though. The old yeah. stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's that many next generation episodes where they cut back and then cut forward and you're like, wait a minute, that's not the same. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. But like, well, was there any like particular stunts? And again, I'm very ignorant in these questions, but like, like that, that next generation or Star Trek is sort of like, these are the sort of the, the stunts that are specific to this kind of show or like, um, that they'd be like doing the call sheet or the script going up. Oh, uh, we're going to need someone for this one. Oh yeah. Well, they, they automatically, they usually have that figured out before the, um, you know, call sheet goes out. They usually have to, you know, hire the people and stuff. And they usually like hiring, you know, the stunt people, obviously from the stunt association, but I just got lucky to be able to do my own stunt for that movie. Um, cause I, I, they, I don't know why they couldn't find somebody that looked like me or something. I don't know, but I got asked to do it and I was like, sure. I mean, I, I didn't even think twice, but then after I said, sure. And they told me what was going to happen. I was like, Oh my gosh, did I just get myself into something, you know, over my head? Cause it's working with, you know, explosive. And it literally did go off and, and the director says, don't look to the right. It's, it's going to come at you. And it, boy, was he right. <laughs> so, but if we got it, I think on the first take, which yay, but I got up saying, let's do it again. So it was like, kind of like an adrenaline thing too. So, but yeah, that, that was probably my best stunt ever. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and then one last thing on this subject, like, you know, I think when we talk about Trek a lot, we, we kind of sometimes know like the directors or we know the, um, a lot of the technical people, but like I don't know any of the stunt coordinators for Star Trek, and obviously they're very, very important. Are the the stunt coordinators have they stayed the same um, in the TV series at Next Generation in the movies, or was it just different people every time? It just depended on the. Um, I I think it depended on just the stunt that they needed that day because there's a lot of stunt coordinators that do certain kind of coordinated things. But if I remember correctly, I. I think I remember seeing the same name and it's, it's running out of my head right now and I don't remember the name, but uh, um, he had his little team always come in and they'd hire, obviously, you know, his, his team. So like for photo doubles, you know, work and stuff like that. So, oh, and I can't think of his name right now. It's going to kill me. Well, I think that all of the main crew should have gotten stunt pay for shaking, like when they had to shake you know, because the, 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 the ship had been hit and it's very dangerous because apparently every bulkhead is filled with rocks or some sort of, you know, very, very porous substance that will rain down on you from, I mean, you're already at the top of the ship yet there's stuff falling down, but, uh, but no, the, but you're doing, you're doing great, Tracy. This has been a, a lot of fun so far, just in this aspect of just not only Trek, but filmmaking in general, uh, I wanted to uh, look at one other aspect of your, you know, your career in Trek. You said you played several, uh, a good handful of aliens, um, 
some on you know next gen and some on Voyager, and I'm assuming those necessitated you know long call times, lots of time in the makeup chair. Do you have any particular uh, races or or creatures that were just fun to play, or you got to play multiple times that you enjoyed? Um, the Antican was quite fun. Um, I call it wolf dog because to me it looks like a wolf, <laughs> a wolf dog. Um, but um, his outfit was cute. You know, it had suspenders and bigger, like nice, you know, comfy pants and um, just, and then the robe and just the wild look. And then um, I'd have to say the Borg was pretty cool. I mean, you're pretty badass when you wear a Borg outfit. So it's just getting in and out of that. You know, they don't realize sometimes when they make these things for actors to wear that, you know, we have to go do our, you know, thing every now and then in the restroom or whatever and eat or, you know, try to sip something out of a cup. But because um, sometimes the ones I played had prosthetics in my mouth, so I couldn't really do that. So um, I had to have wardrobe and makeup come with me on a couple of them to the little girls room to help me, like, get out of the thing, you know. So that was a bummer. But um, <laughs> I think the board, the Anakin, I, the Ferengis were okay, you know, but they weren't so attractive looking. Um, <laughs> and then um, the Colbarian was kind of trippy. Um, that that one was weird. Um, <laughs> but I liked doing that one. But then they had the same Colbarian, but without, they changed something on the, on the head part to make it look totally different. So, um, God, I said, what else? Um, what I always wanted to do was be a Cardassian, but um, never got that chance. And I don't know if they have to have little Kardashians running around somewhere, don't they? <laughs> well, you know, there is a new show coming up here. So, uh, you know, you never know, right? You never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I had a question, uh, you know, you, you, because you were involved in Star Trek for so long and, and participated in, in the different shows, uh, you know, from when you first started, you know, until I don't, I'm not exactly sure of the timeline, what you did last was, was it uh, Voyager or maybe the, the movie? Um, but from, from the beginning to the end, uh, how, how much did Trek change from, from your perspective? I mean, was it, was there a lot of shuffling of people? Was, did, was there more budget? Like what, what happened? Was it a, like a big evolution or was it just kind of, you know, going to work and, and doing your thing? Oh no. It's yeah. I always like go to my, you know, go to work and do my thing no matter what. But, um, it was always loving to go to work and do your thing you know, with these guys, um, like I said, was the best thing ever. So, oh yeah, holy get up and go do your thing. <laughs> now w- with the movies experience, you know, it, it was definitely interesting in generations to see you like, Oh, there, there, there's Jay again. That's pretty cool. But then also the fact that, that you got to do first contact and insurrection. I mean, I think that was, I mean, I'm, I'm, sure you appreciate it from a work aspect but i mean the, the fact that they kept bringing you along it does kind of give that sense that it's a really good family aspect or at least that they knew you knew how to do what you knew to do so they wanted to bring you along for the ride oh yeah yeah no i mean when i got this the stunt um contract in the generations movie i knew they were going to have other movies you know coming out you know after and i said okay i don't want to die though because i told you guys are going to have some more movies and i don't I wanted to end them and they're like, no problem. So, um, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but at least I said what I wanted, you know, and, um, I guess it worked out. Yeah. And, and, um, I love doing the, um, 
queen board stunt double work in the in the movie and she's just a doll um and uh I did some some kind of stunt work in that when she's coming down from the um top of the ship and you just see the half of her body and then it comes down and connects to the lower part of her body well they had me up in this slingshot kind of thing way up there and then um they bring me down in it and it was kind of scary but it was kind of cool and fun so yeah you learn a lot and you do a lot on shows and especially if they like you know you and your and and they don't have to tell you like over and over like to do something you could just get it the first time and obviously doing it right helps so yeah does that answer the question oh yeah yeah because I, like i said it, it it's just really i mean we're sort of like one of those little things because you know there's and i'm sure you probably know these people by name though i don't um you know you'll be watching next next generation or other ones where you're like hey i've seen that guy in the background before and i'm sure it's the other you know uh stunt people that are on there that, that just show up again and again but for some reason you're the one who is the most recognizable and so to see you pop up in the movies it's been like oh wow i'm glad she's still around it kind of gives that sense of family and continuity oh yeah it's great and then i was just told that um a, a fan sent me this like about a week ago saying do you know that we have <laughs> we have um drinking games too pick you out when we watch star trek <laughs> and i'm like oh my god so there's some crazy stuff that they do to pick me out i'm like in games and who can see me how many times and it's kind of cute i think so it makes my day well I, I mean i don't know too much about drinking games but no <laughs> i but... don't either but Tracy, we wanted to ask you about a little bit of where you're going this year. And we know you have a list of some conventions you're appearing at and some ways that other fans can watch you besides reruns of Star Trek <laughs> pretty much every other episode. Uh, so where are some of the places that you're heading to this year? Okay, well, in the first week in June, I'm going to Phoenix Con for the Phoenix con, um, from the third to the fifth, I believe. And then I come back and let me see, then I go over here. Hang on. I have it right here. <laughs> Cause I forget. Um, then July 10th. Um, I believe that's a Sunday from 11 to four. I'll be at the, uh, Hollywood show at the LAX Weston. And then, July 29th and 30th, I'll be at PrideCon, and that's in Anaheim at the Anaheim Convention Center. And then July, August, then October 1st, I'll be at Classic Con in Modesto for the 1st and the 2nd of October. And then right when I get back from there, I leave that same week, October 5th to the 9th, to go on the Sci-Fi and Beyond cruise to the Bahamas and LashCon production is putting that on. So, uh, so far that's all I've got. Um, we're still waiting to hear about creation in Las Vegas this year. Again, I was there last year, but I think they don't want me to come. They not that they don't want me to come back this year. I think it's just so full of, of really big, big people. I'm like over a hundred, I think actors are going. So, um, they kind of want me to come next year for sure because it's going to be the, the 30th of the next generation. So, you know, I, I, I would love to go this year if all works out. But if not, I won't be like really depressed about it because I know I'll be back next year for ours. So. Well, either way, 
I'm sure people will enjoy you being a staple there at Star Trek Las Vegas. We'll actually be attending for the first time uh, this year. And actually, Philip and Daniel and I will actually meet for the first time since we live on opposite coasts. So we're looking, we're really looking forward to uh, all the Star Trek goodness this, uh, this August. You're going to have a ball. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's fabulous. I was so wowed by the whole thing because it was my first time last year. So I had no idea at all. Yeah, I've heard rumors, though. Did you get sick? Because I'm a little concerned that everybody gets sick when they go to these things, apparently. Well, oh, you mean the the, the con, what do they call it? Con crud. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? I sometimes do, yeah. I Well, especially when I had to go overseas to, um, I've been to London, Germany, and Australia for conventions, and um, my immune system's low anyway. I have lupus, so I get really sick very easy. Like, a, if somebody has a cold, oh, my God, it knocks me out for a week. So I always have to have, like, a, a doctor prescribed Z-Pack for me to take for um, so I don't get sick because I get really sick. So, yeah, and I drink my little vitamin C thingies in my water and, you know, try to keep a, you know, good hold on it. So I've been really, really lucky with it. So I just got to watch that kind of thing, so. We'll have Klingon-style hand sanitizers ready for you, Daniel. And they're actually, they're like the daggers, and you draw them across your hand to apply the hand sanitizer. And then, I mean, that, I'm not saying that would be an awesome product if it existed, so. Yeah, yeah, Tracy, I just wanted to, because um, because you obviously are, are quite a, a mainstay at, at different cons, um, you know, Daniel has never been to a con in his life. So uh, is, there, is there a message you would give Daniel on what it is to experience a Star Trek convention? Oh my God, you're going to see uh, cosplayers like you've never seen before. And they, oh my God, it blows your mind how they make these and they make them themselves. It's like insane. Um, the games, the camaraderie, I mean, it's like a whole, whole world of people that love the same stuff that you do and, you know, get into the stuff like you do and, just want to have fun and everybody loves everybody and it's just a happy place to be and it, I you won't you will not have a bad time you will smile the whole time um you'll come home happy I mean oh my god if I would have known about cons like this a long time ago before even acting I totally would have gotten into the cosplay stuff that stuff's cool I mean I, I can't even tell you it's fascinating <laughs> so you'll you'll have a ball trust me uh, I have to ask you now, this, this this leads to a follow-up question. Have you met anyone who has cosplayed as your character? And if so, what was that experience like? You know what? No, I haven't. But I heard I have a bobblehead out there somewhere, which making me, is making me laugh because I think oh. I saw it on the, on, the web, on the webpage. And it was like, oh, my God, how cute is that? And then I'm like... <laughs> I don't even have one. What? <laughs> what? Well, now this brings up a great question, Tracy. So, if if some fan is listening, and I know they are, who wants to cosplay as Lieutenant J, what what what? Uh, from you know, from the the the, the source, what tips would you give them about how to best cosplay as Lieutenant J? Oh, be like Tomb Raider. Oh my God, Angelina Jolie, looking. I mean, like, let's go in there and just pop this thing, okay? Because I'm no wimpy lieutenant, let me tell you that. I may be small, but you wear that outfit, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, and rock it. All right. That, that is I strict. think we found Daniel's first cosplay. Uh, <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> you, you better do me good now. <laughs> I'll try my best. <laughs> and, and we'll, 
we'll make sure there's some random explosions and see how he reacts. We'll let you know how he is. <laughs> well, now I know not to uh, not to look to the right, so uh, I think I'll be good. Okay, uh, Tracy, it has been amazing. It has been a blast to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming. And just uh, you know, in closing, is there anything else that you want to to plug or a website or anything that you just that you just want the, our listeners to know about? Oh, my website, you mean? Sure, go ahead. Wh- whatever you want. Yep. Um, <laughs> my w- my website is capital L T, capital J A E dot com. That's my URL. Punch it up, and it has all my stuff. And I try to keep up on the updating. You know, the dates I'm going to be here or there. But you guys, I'm really not computer savvy, so you know, bear with me on some of it if it's a little late or overdue or whatever. But I try to get back to people if they message me. You know, I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter at Real Tracy Coco. Um, gosh, what else? Um, yeah, let's talk or something. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just confused. What do you mean you're not computer savvy? I've seen you flying the Enterprise before. What are you talking oh, about? Oh well, that well that's different. That oh. you know, I, that, yeah. <laughs> and the computer did blow up, so. I'm still trying. I'm still trying to figure out my iPhone stick. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, seriously, thank you so much for coming on, and we and we hope to catch you at one of these conventions sometime. Well, I hope so. I hope so. You better come by. I think I have the greater chance of doing that since 90% of the uh, conventions you listed are probably within driving distance for me uh, being on this coast. But uh, definitely, we will catch you one of these times. We're, we're, we're definitely got our eyes out for you. Oh, cool. Hey, thank you, guys. Have a good one now. Well, that was wonderful, guys. That is the second Enterprise crew member that we've had on Earl Grey. Can you believe... Like, I'm sorry. I, that just... It blows my mind. We now have had two people that were literally on the bridge, like physically on the bridge. We have had two people whose consoles have blown up during generations. <laughs> so, so you know, it's just, yeah, yeah. man, it was that so is cool the that. unifying factor. It's the console right there. <laughs> but no, it was really nice having Tracy on. Thank you, Tracy, for for joining us. And that was really nice getting that kind of perspective because, you know. She, She's in a different handful of episodes, but also a lot of times in makeup and prosthetics and all of that. And that was a really interesting take on our favorite series. Yeah, and I and I, you know, we we certainly don't don't uh, encourage drinking games for under Earl Grey, but I think it would be interesting. Be not only is there some sort of game of like when you see her as human, Jay, but if you can spot her as alien, uh, you know, Tracy, that's that's when you need to like. That's a double. That's that's a, that's a, a, that's double, a double shot. <laughs> With a costume chaser, is that what they call it? <laughs> All right, um, and we have one more, uh, you know, little bit of business here to deal with. Darren, I hear that you got to experience and go to a oh, wonderful God. fan event. You I, should I tell believe. us all about this. Like, it, have you washed your hands since you've shook, shook, uh, shook Justin Lin's hand personally? Was that, I mean, like... <laughs> I just think like Do you it would smell be... like Chris Pine after you embraced <laughs> right. him so tightly? I'm like, just did, I'm curious. Did, did you give one of the Earl Grey cards to JJ? Because that would have been that would have been Let's cool. remember before right I just want to preface Darren's story with hashtag that's so LA. That's right. Go ahead, Darren. Yeah. Well, hashtag so LA, the the traffic was very LA, and by the time I got out to the Paramount lot, which is located here in LA, uh, <laughs> I I had my ticket and I was waiting in line with 
hundreds of Star Trek fans, many who are going to be going to Star Trek Las Vegas, and we were having a, a wonderful discussion. And I got about 20 people from the front of the line when uh, Badmiral Fire Marshal uh, <laughs> did his job, did his solemn duty, and closed the entrance to outside participants. So I had a special convention for me, a party of three and it was uh but yeah so unfortunately i did not quite make it inside uh, fortunately though we did have some trek fm hosts make it uh through their press passes charlene schmidt and aaron harvey were inside they are i'm sure are infused with cr- the pine saw chris pine scent uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> sorry that was really it funny just doesn't quinto chris pine saw <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh but no they had a, a very good time and and uh justin lynn what did feel bad that some of us were stuck outside which i get fire code i get it like maybe they shouldn't have given out as many tickets i'm just saying but it it wasn't the worst thing in the world but okay so he dropped that lawsuit against you darren that's what i heard <laughs> no no that's a totally different lawsuit. it's but, quote unquote okay. going away whatever that means <laughs> <laughs> but no but he did make sure that we all uh, had the option to get tickets for the star trek beyond premiere which is in july a couple days after my birthday in san diego so uh, hopefully i will not be in a line there and uh not make it through the fire marshal the second time but i have high hopes and i think that would be a lot of fun i mean i was thinking in my head oh here's like a voucher you know so you can go to your local amc and and see the movie like you know you get off a cereal box or something but no it's we all got actual tickets to go to the the big party premiere down in san diego so that could be uh so so sd now yeah i was just gonna say now now you know forgive my east coast ignorance uh, of of Californian geography, Darren, but I'm pretty sure San Diego, not not so LA. That's not that is not in LA or um as far as I know, even really around LA. What is that? That seems like a kind of a a crappy consolation prize because uh, you should get like front row tickets to like the LA premiere. I mean, you can't take the ten there, right? No, no, ten goes east west, so that would not get you get you to San Diego. No, it's only like an hour and a half away. It's oh, just okay. it's just down the coast. Look, okay, I drive an hour and a half and I'm still in my state. Not I don't go through three states like you guys do over on the east coast. Oh. But <laughs> Well, we are, we are, no, these are fighting words. We are, we are, (laughs) (laughs) but no, I, but no, it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. And I think, I think it's because of Comic-Con that's around the time of Comic-Con and it's right next to the Comic-Con convention center, which is why it's in San Diego. Yeah, no, there'll be no traffic at all. So (laughs) I was going to say that sounds awful. (laughs) I mean, Wednesday night, I mean, who doesn't want to travel an hour and a half to San Diego for a movie, but are you you going to go or do you have, I know I do. I do want to go. I think it would be fun and. Uh, my parents live in San Diego, so I get uh, to see them and uh, the kids off. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, well, I, I think I'll get plus one. I haven't gotten, I haven't physically gotten <laughs> the tickets yet since I, I just have an email gone into them, so we'll see. But, uh, but no, it, I made the best of it, and I, I, I did have a lot of fun outside. Like I said, talking to the people, tell them about Trek. I probably told about a dozen people about Trek FM and Earl Grey and. 
uh, and a lot are going to the convention where we'll be going. So I felt like it was kind of the precursor to the con and I was, I was getting ready. Okay. This is what it's like being in a line that doesn't move surrounded <laughs> by people who like star Trek and uh, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. The weather was nice. And you know, so, but, so yeah, oh, yeah LA. it was, so it LA. was so LA, you know, uh, we, we've got a little bit of time here guys, which we normally don't. And, uh, since we do, uh, I'm curious, uh, what do you guys think? And this, you know, this is up to the, the whim of Darren, whether or not this will ever be heard again. We're talking about the Beyond trailer? Uh, but let's talk about it. Let's get, let's give five minutes and, and I mean, and I, I was enjoying the, the premiere, uh, the release, because I was just following it on Twitter, standing outside the building. So I was like, <laughs> oh, look, this is what happened. Oh, look, here's the trailer. Oh, look, here's a live stream. So it was, it was just like being there 30 feet away from where it was actually happening. <laughs> so... <laughs> Carl Urban, can you hear me? <laughs> uh, but, do you guys like the trailer or what? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm open. I don't, you know, because I feel like, you know, like I could be like, oh, I hate that, that it looks like the Enterprise is going to get destroyed, or wow, that that ship certainly gets beat up all the time. But I mean, whatever. I'm 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 open to the movie experience. I mean, um, you know, I'm not a a JJ basher, but certainly not my favorite Star Trek films. Um, but I don't actively hate them. Well, into darkness. I don't. What would actively hate even look like? Like it would be like I'm never watching this movie. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like and into darkness is is hard for me to watch, but I can watch probably the first two thirds of it, and then there's fan rage. But that's Philip. So. Yeah. No, I. I mean, I didn't really enjoy the first trailer, and especially a lot of the same sentiments. Like after Into Darkness, which I don't own, I own the uh, 2009, but I'd never just bought Into Darkness because I'm like, I'm not gonna watch this. <laughs> I'm not gonna choose to watch this, or if I really need to, I'll find it online. But uh, you know, and stream it from Netflix or wherever it ends up. Now, but now I am concerned about you, Daniel, because if the ship does explode, or if there's not a lot of ship in the movie. <laughs> How much nacelle are you going to get in Star Trek Beyond? <laughs> so actually, that that leads me to my absolute favorite. I can already tell you, it's my favorite scene of all of JJ Trek. It may be my favorite scene in all of Trek ever. I mean, just from the trailer, and this is this is true. I was so excited and amazed and bewildered and loved this scene so much. I, this is actually kind of why I wanted to talk about this. There's a just a short two second clip of very distant enterprise traveling through space through a warp bubble. Like we never get this view. And it's like, it looked really cool. It's so like, I want, I don't want streaky lines anymore. I don't want stretchy ships. I want warp bubbles. I want to actually see them and to actually see what these engines are supposedly doing. I was, I will say I was, that kind of forgives all sins for me, uh, for this, like you guys, I'm not, not a fan of Into Darkness. I love 09. So I'm like 50-50 on like what this new movie's going to be. It could be good, it could be now, bad. Daniel, I will I will say and again, we never know anything, but it reminds me if I could pick a Star Trek movie that this trailer tells me what the story's going to be like, Insurrection. <laughs> it won't be that boring. I guarantee you. <laughs> it won't be that boring. But I am concerned and there <clears throat> I'm concerned because I feel like we're going to get an Enterprise A at the end of this movie. And well, so why do you think there's going to be an A? Oh, because they destroy it? Because well, they destroy the first one. The I feel like it's just going to be like, derp, 
here it is, right in space dock. Here, and it like, looks just and it looks just like <laughs> yeah. the uh, Star Trek Wrath of Khan. <laughs> like it literally looks like the Prime Universe. And then they're like, "Aha, we're back on track." Well, I think, like <laughs> in some ways, the trailer depressed me. That like you know, a lot of it is them leaving uh, the space. Well, it's like a dry dock. It's not really space dock, but like the, the dry dock, the, the, the yeah. sphere. And you sort of have that like, oh hey, like and I don't know if it really is. We're going on the five year mission, but it kind of feels like hey, you know, ship has been you know redone and it's good we're all hip hop to go and then like two minutes later there's like 50 million holes in it i'm like <laughs> we just left space dock we you know that's what happens three days page. after the warranty expires it just all goes to hell and, like it reminds me of like an enterprise what was it in season three when they go out for the zindy like we got we've just got upgraded the nx01 to everything and like halfway through the episode they're like taking fire I'm, like we just painted this but yeah there were a lot of really good shots in the trailer but but like i was i was stating you know that i'm in the similar vein of not really liking into darkness but and not really caring about beyond i was like okay well it's a star trek movie i'm going to watch it because it's a star trek movie but i was much more excited about the new series but with this second trailer i'm actually much more interested now in the story i might be getting from star trek beyond i think it actually looks like i might enjoy it a lot more than i was expecting so yeah you know i had kind of written beyond off as like okay we're it's just a thing it's gonna happen it's gotta happen before we can get to our (laughs) our beloved series that's your vegetables before and 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 i and i still do kind of feel like that because I, i again like a lot of fans i think i'm just tired of like I get it. You kind of have to destroy the Enterprise, but you don't. Come on. Like, you really don't have to do that. So I do feel like there are yeah. a few story conceits already that I'm like, uh, about. But I and I don't even think that the trailer is that phenomenal, but it definitely did pique my interest for sure. Like, I'm yeah. like, OK, this is this is course correcting for me. And like, OK, I don't I mean, think I- it's an am- amazing trailer, but I, I'm I'm more on board than I was before, for sure. I can get the conceit, and again, this is like a speculation from a trailer. We get all the you know millions uh, light years away from what really will happen, but like maybe the conceit is like you know you remove the technology, you know you remove the ship, you remove move all that. What are these people really made of? And because it seems like again, I don't know, it, but it seems insurrectiony in that like, hey, there's this planet that we have to help, and there's a bad guy who wants to destroy the planet. And we're all being insurrectiony. I don't know. Anyway, um, but but it, so it's so it kind of reminds me of like okay, so bare bones, if you will. Um, what are these crew about? You know, are they going to help? You know, without any of their comforts of the of the Enterprise, what are they? What's their metal? And so maybe that's what that's going to be like. So this is like a Spider-Man two of, of which one? Star Trek. These just Spider-Man two, I, but which I actually I hate the. I hate those storylines. Like, and I I know what the writers are doing, and what you just mentioned, Philip. What are these people made of when they're not with, when they're not at a hundred percent? But I hate when like you make Superman loses powers or or Spider Man or whoever. Like, I hate that. I just no. I don't watch. I don't want to see Peter Parker walking around being a dope. I don't care. I watch Spider Man because he's Spider Man. Like, and I watch Superman because he's Superman. Like, I get it. He's a good person without the powers. Like, you don't have to show me this over and over again. I get it. These people can do all of these amazing things without the Enterprise. I get what you're trying to say. I don't need to see it in every version of every franchise of everything. So to me, like, it it is kind of interesting that they find this old ship that looks 
super, super enterprise-esque, like ridiculously NX class. <laughs> uh, like, the I'm really curious. Like, yeah. I'm curious yeah. how they're going to tie it in to, to, to enterprise because it looks maybe uh, five, ten years removed from, from enterprise. Now, Darren, what was what was like the reaction among the crowd of like, you know, either before or after they heard <laughs> that may have colored their opinion about the movie, about whether they were going to get in or not. But what was people saying about Beyond and everything? Um, I mean, again, most people were excited about it. I mean, they turned out to an event for it. They did. They, they basically. Well, as I say, they went to something that they could have heard about on Twitter staying at home, which turned out to be prophetic. But uh <laughs> But no, it, people were, I was asking some people like, oh, well, what's your favorite series? And one looked at me and they're like, uh, original series. Like I'd asked the dumbest question in the world, which I'm like, okay, well maybe you like other things just because it's Star Trek. But I mean, I know this is the original series-esque era, but I'm not going to ask that question anymore. <laughs> uh, but no, people seemed excited. And as we were all watching kind of some of the live streams on our phones and checking Twitter and I think it's really funny because it seems fairly obvious that they took the Enterprise A plaque just out of the art department because it was just there. But of course, we're Star Trek fans, so we read into everything. And people were like, totally confirmed, Enterprise A in Star Trek Bad. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It was the first thing I could grab. I was in a rush. It was the intern was like, grab a plaque. And like, oh. They, they should have grabbed like the USS Excelsior and just thrown everyone's minds for a loop. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it seemed like people were excited. And the, also the awesome thing that they did uh, that night was they named a street on the Paramount lot after Leonard Nimoy, which is very cool. So now you can go down Leonard Nimoy street or way or whatever they, they called it. But uh, that that's pretty cool. As you, you know, walk by the, the places where they shot. Mm. Where where some Star Trek was shot, yeah. But I'll let you know how the line at the uh, Star Trek Beyond event goes. And, uh, you know, I, I got my chair. I'll bring my chair this time so I don't have to stand as long. But Hey, why is that guy wearing a lawn chair? That guy's ridiculous. Two hours later, that guy's smart. I should have brought a lawn chair. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, talking to Lieutenant J herself, Tracy Coco, is not the only thing. Believe it. Believe it or not, uh, only we get to do that on this network. Uh, but it is not the only thing that is here on Trek FM. So if you want to listen to the other stuff here, here, here's what you might have missed. Previously on Trek.FM, the ready room. You don't create a better future and then it's just there and it's just stagnant and nothing ever threatens it, right? That's not reality. Yeah, you'd end up with Star Trek The Next Generation if you did that, right? No, right, well, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's why a lot of people who love The Next Generation don't like Deep Space Nine because Deep Space Nine challenges that premise. The Orb. Maybe later, maybe he could have come back in like season seven and he was in love with Kira, Odo was in love with Kira, and they could have had an Ambo Jutsu match to see who would win her heart. Women at Warp. Admiral Alan Alda came to visit Captain Coretta Scott King. <laughs> Meanwhile, morale officer Beyonce is uh, trying to deal with her new Weasley sweater. And <laughs> they're all partying at the first contact party. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. You can listen to every show on the network 
at trek.fm with links for iTunes, streaming services, and a direct download link. This week of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com. This is a great way for you to read all of the books you want to read but never have time for. Audible is always expanding with over 150,000 titles to choose from. There are classics, current bestsellers, and famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive and Federation. Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to try out Audible yourself. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. To support Trek FM, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Thank you, Audible, for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. If you are a weekly listener and would like to directly help Earl Grey, please consider becoming a patron of Trek FM. At patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose a pledge level and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. You'll be inside the Observation Lounge of our network, able to participate in our monthly patron roundtable podcasts, and supporting the production of all of our great content. We would like to take this moment to thank our current patron associate producers, Stephen Boyd and Ron Sarna. Thank you for supporting Earl Grey. Connect with other Trek FM listeners on our Facebook discussion group called The Babel Conference, found through the Facebook search field, or like the facebook.com slash trekfm page for show updates and announcements. The network is also on Twitter, at TrekFM. All right, Philip, if people want to get a hold of you and and learn some stunt techniques, how would they do that? Uh, they can oh find eh, me on Twitter at user handle NC Public Servant. That's NC for North Carolina, which from Murphy to Manio is a very, very large state. All right, Darren, if people needed directions from Los Angeles to San Diego, how would they get in touch with you? Uh, www.google.com or sorry <laughs> maps.google.com no they could find me on twitter under username dr sci-fi d-r-s-c-i-f-i where i'll be tweeting live coverage from the line of star trek beyond hashtag that's so LA. and if people want to geek out with me over the over the gorgeous uh, a warp field shot in the new trailer. Please do. Oh my goodness. We could talk about how the nacelles generate that lovely warp. Anyways, anyways, uh, they can get a hold of me on Twitter at one of Dan. That's the number one and not the word. All right, gentlemen. Well, apparently uh, I I'm going as Lieutenant J to Star Trek Las Vegas this year. So uh, I guess I have to start on that project. You've already uh, got the hair. Yeah. I, I you totally need to size shade. You shave your head for Lieutenant J cosplay, Daniel. Man, you know, it's, it is kind of tempting. It would be pretty cool, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, maybe, if, maybe if some listeners pipe up and they want to see a gender-bendered uh, Lieutenant J, like a, like a Lieutenant Jor or something, uh, they, can, uh, they can reach out to us. But uh, anyway. Lieutenant J, male, would just be J-A-Y. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Wait, what's the opposite of J? I can't... <laughs> It's not like Q, which is Q, but J could be J. <laughs> I was thinking of how it was spelled, and then in my head, I went somewhere else with it. But yes, if they want to see that, yeah, reach out, and uh, and you know maybe we'll uh, we'll find find some way to do it. But until then, we will catch you next week on Old Gray. Engage. Make it so. Live long and prosper. Fire. <laughs> <laughs>